Damo, you big sweet tooth. Yes, MP, you chocoholic. So naughty but nice, we're a hit at the Wellness Summit and I want more. Well, how does 20 recipes in their free ebook Heavenly Healthy Desserts sound, MP? Jeepers, Damo, I'm loving that. Or you can hop on down to their brand new cafe, Selection Cafe in South Melbourne and receive 10% off your favourite healthy desserts. Woohoo! To do so, go to sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch and fill in your details to receive your free ebook and discount voucher. That's www.sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch. So naughty but nice, delicious nutrition. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. This is Damien Christoph. I'm without my birthday buddy, Marcus Pierce. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, MP. And uh, I'm at the Wave in San Francisco in the US, having a great time, a way over time, and I met some incredible people, and the person that I'm interviewing today has changed and rocked the world of cardiology. There's not many people on the planet that would stand up to a bunch of cardiologists in America, let alone the rest of the world, and tell them how to actually live a life that's uh, drug-free and surgery-free as much as you possibly can, of course. So, But uh, I met Jack Wolfson just uh, 24 hours ago, and he's agreed to come on the show. So without much more or any further to do, I'm going to introduce Jack Wolfson. Now, he, no, he's, he's, he's been around the world talking about paleo and cardiology, and he's known as the paleo cardiologist. And so, Jack, welcome to 100 Not Out. Thank you so much, Damien. It's a pleasure to talk to you. When I'm talking to uh, uh, people from Australia, usually they're in the future. Uh, but uh, uh, as of right now, obviously, we're in the same time zone, the same place. So it's great to be uh, uh, talking, uh, I guess, in the same time frame. That's it. We're talking in the past, man. We're talking in the past. Jack, um, yesterday your story was in, very interesting and very moving. And you spoke about um, watching your father, who had gone from a party guy, um, you're probably not living the healthiest life, um, also a cardiologist, uh, but then fading away. Can you tell us a little bit how you got into, I suppose, a lifestyle of what we would call wellness um, in, in a medical sort of sense? Yeah, sure. I, uh, I'm a board-certified cardiologist. I was trained conventionally. I went through four years of osteopathic medical school and uh, three years of internal medicine, three years of cardiology, following in the footsteps of my father. And I, yeah, I emulated my father. He was always the life of the party. He was, you know, uh, everybody went around him. Everybody was, they would listen to his jokes, and they seemed to be seeking uh, his approval. And I was no different. I, we were very close. And in his uh, mid-50s, he started to get uh, depressed. And it was a very odd thing that he, he was such a happy guy. And like I said, the life of the party and he starts to get depressed. And then eventually depression leads to Parkinson's like symptoms. And then he gets diagnosed with this strange neurologic disease. And I saw what happened to him. It was a cruel, painful death over about five years time. And at that, uh, uh, simultaneously, I met the woman who would open up my eyes to the natural world. And she is a chiropractor. She's all natural. She's into health and wellness. And she really shook me up and said, hey, listen, your father is sick, not because 
because he's got some genetic issue or not because he's a bad person. He's sick because of poor nutrition and chemicals. And I opened up my eyes to realize, wow, that is the uh, issue and the solution. There is no medical solution for what he had. And I started to realize the answer is never in pharmaceuticals and it's never in procedures. It's in prevention. And true prevention comes from good nutrition, uh, lifestyle changes, uh, supplements, and certainly I believe that chiropractic care is, uh, is an absolutely critical factor to maintaining total body health. Wow, that's incredible. I've met Heather, your wife. She's beautiful. You're, um, in Australia, we say you're batting above your average. So that's, uh, that's pretty good. Well done, mate. Now you're a good-looking man. Um, I, I just, um, I'm fascinated because I've got friends who are cardiologists. And uh, whenever I, you know, it used to be the joke that I was the chiropractor, you know, and, uh, and so much so that we probably don't hang out with them that much anymore because as a chiropractor, they don't value um, much of what I say. So it strikes me as remarkable that you had a, an open mind enough to be able to bring on concepts that I suppose are innately wise um, in, a, in an otherwise very medically trained brain. And, um, and, and it's incredible. Have you found it difficult in your industry to, uh, to, to spread a, a message of well-being such as yours? Oh, certainly. You know, I left a very large group in uh, uh, 2012, and there were 40 cardiologists, nurse practitioners, uh, and nobody believed in my message. No one believes in the, the message of wellness. It's all about the pills. It's all about the procedures. And uh, I was fighting a lot of battles. I was getting into trouble uh, with, uh, with referring physicians, uh, saying, why are you telling my patients about this paleo diet? Why are you taking my patients off of pharmaceuticals? And I was doing it, obviously, for all the right reasons, and the patients were loving it, and my, patient, my practice is obviously thriving right now uh, because of it. And I think what you mentioned sometimes also, maybe the chiropractors or some other people have almost sometimes like an inferiority complex uh, when, in fact, it's the medical doctors should have that inferiority complex and realize that they are the frauds. They're the ones that are not going after the cause. They're the ones that are just using the Band-Aid approach, which is really not doing anyone any favors. Listen, medical doctors are fantastic in an emergency situation. You're in a car accident. There's some kind of trauma. Hey, head to an emergency room. But when it comes to prevention, they have no idea what they're doing. What I've found is that no one's deficient in drugs. That's, that's the thing that I've found. And, you know, people are deficient in uh, vitamins and minerals and lifestyle habits that would otherwise help them age well. What's interesting, though, Jack, and, um, and, and Marcus, if he was here and interviewing you as well, he would, he would say the same thing. What we've noticed is that when we've interviewed people that are 106 years old or 111 years old or 99 years old, um, and even guys um, that are running at the age of 95 years old doing 200-metre sprints and breaking world records, when we interview these people, nutrition seems to be such an uh, insignificant part of their ageing. And one of the things that has struck me, because I'm a foodie and I'm a naturopath and nutritionist and so that's always, and, a, and, a, and a DC, so I've always had this mindset, but... The three things that have these people aging well that's consistent is exercise, um, mindset, or um, I, I suppose purpose, and then engagement. So they've just got to be always you know, busy in their mind. And then sleep seems to be another one, and then, of course, nutrition comes in there. So what I've been able to try and work out, I suppose, and I'm wondering whether or not you've found the same thing as well, is that you, most people are going to live a long life. That's just what's happened in the world today. Most people are going to live a long time. We're all getting closer to 100. And, uh, but the quality of life has changed. The quality of life has decreased. And so many people, whilst they might be ageing and living a long time, they're not doing that well. Have you noticed that? 
Yeah, I've certainly noticed that. Obviously, modern medicine has the ability to keep people alive for a long period of time. They could be on a, on a ventilator. Uh, they can be using all kind of artificial measures to keep people along, uh, you know, alive. And I think that really skews some of the health statistics, certainly in developed countries, is that people that end-of-life care is able to string people out, but they're not healthy. They don't, don't feel well. A lot of them wish they weren't even alive to go through that torture. And I think the people you talked about, uh, the people that uh, are 90s, uh, in their 90s uh, of age and they're in their early hundreds, uh, they are people, they, they grew up in a different world, a different generation. They were not exposed to the chemicals and the toxins and all the poisons that people uh, have now. And I think there's something this, to be said about this generational stacking of toxins where where the grandmother had, had her exposure to toxic chemicals and then she passed it on to her mother and the mother gained those toxic chemicals along with more in her lifetime and then, and then passed it on to, uh, you know, to her children and then to their children. And I think that's why there's such a rise of infertility and so many other health issues in the young uh, people today uh, is because just, you know, to- years and years and years of toxicity. But, um, uh, you know, certainly those people, as you mentioned, I mean, all those things are important factors. Uh, the physical activity, having a positive outlook, you know, reaching out and having friends uh, in society and in the world. There's actually, you know, in my book, I do talk about that, uh, a concept called social isolation. Those people that are socially isolated, they don't have friends, they don't have family, they don't have contacts. Uh, they are at much, much higher higher risk of cardiovascular disease. And in fact, sometimes uh, even listening to podcasts or participating in social media, uh, uh, even on Facebook, that kind of interaction, those email, uh, almost pen pals, uh, if you will, that actually is very good for the positive uh, uh, and mental psyche of these people. And I think it helps them going and is definitely uh, very beneficial. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, that obviously um, is consistent, obviously, through the world. And, and, we're, and we're noticing that, which is, which is awesome. Jack, coming back to cardiology um, and, and, and prevention of cardiovascular disease, um, obviously in Australia and in the United States, the open heart surgeries and bypass surgeries and stents and all those sorts of things seem to be relatively common practice and commonplace. It seems that if you go and have an angiogram, pretty much most of the time you're going to end up getting a stent. Um, is there a way? Is there a way for the people that are listening to this right now that are engaged in their health and well-being? Is there a way that if they do have cardiovascular disease, that they can prevent needing to have a stent? Can they reverse the damage that they've done? Well, in many cases, you can definitely reverse uh, uh, cardiovascular disease. I think the most important thing also is just to stabilize the disease where it's at. So as long as it doesn't progress, uh, people are going to be fine. When it comes to stents and and angioplasties and bypass procedures, those are really beneficial for people with symptoms. Uh, And uh, as far as saving lives, that's very questionable in a lot of these procedures. And of course, once again, that's what I talk about in my book. Uh, And I do have all the references on that. So it's not just my opinion. I've got over 300 references in my book where we do talk about these things. So stents and all those procedures can be beneficial for symptoms. Well, what else can help symptoms? I certainly believe that good nutrition can help to ameliorate some of those symptoms. Staying physically active, we know, works. Uh, Staying away from the environmental toxins as much as possible uh, is going to be beneficial. Uh, Doing advanced testing to really diagnose what what issues are going on and then treating that certainly with nutrition, lifestyle changes, and with evidence-based supplements. Evidence-based supplements uh, that work. And then, of course, throw chiropractic care, physical uh, manipulation, uh, throw that into the the, uh, hopper, if you will, and and that's also going to lead to fantastic outcomes 
So surgeries, stents, they should always be a last-ditch uh, uh, effort uh, if necessary. But you're talking to medical doctors. That's all they're trained to do is the pills and procedures approach. Uh, you know, if you ask someone to, uh, uh, you know, evaluate, if you ask a home builder, if they think you need a new house or if they need an addition to your house or to refurbish your kitchen, they're always going to say yes, because that's just what they do. Uh, you know, cardiologists, surgeons, they operate. That's just what they do. Yeah, we've always said that. I think if you, if you go to a surgeon, expect to get cut. That's what we've always said. That's their job, you know. Why, and why wouldn't it be? That's what they do. So you've mentioned quite a few things that are actually in your book there, Jack. Just for the listeners, you mentioned evidence-based nutritional, evidence-based supplements. And, um, and this, is a, you know, this whole evidence-based thing continues to pop up all the time. And when you, when you talk about evidence-based, are you talking about what's referenced in, in journals? Are you talking about you know, what you see anecdotally? What's the, what's the evidence that you're using there? Well, I think what you said is actually very true. I certainly see the evidence that uh, my approach works in my patients. Uh, the, the testimonials are on my website. The fact that my practice is very busy and, and people refer uh, their friends and family members to me, I think obviously that's one form of evidence. But the other form of evidence uh, from a medical background, of course, we like to see you know, the studies, the studies that show uh, benefits, the, the, the randomized, double-blind, you know, placebo-controlled trials. Uh, and, and I think there's actually a lot of stuff that's out there in the medical literature about these quote-unquote natural therapies, but the typical medical doctor doesn't want to read those things. They find those boring or uninteresting uh, and certainly can help impact their bottom line. So, uh, you know, they, they'll pass over the, the evidence that vitamin A is actually beneficial for cardiovascular disease or vitamin K is beneficial for cardiovascular disease. Just about every supplement you can mention uh, has evidence uh, that uh, that it works for, for cardiovascular disease prevention. And as a as a medical doctor, I know because I train like this. It's just those you find those things uninteresting. You go for the newest studies on the newest pills, the newest procedures, and that's just what you follow. But once again, the evidence is there. Uh, that's great to hear. You know, when you say it doesn't help with the bottom line, it, you kind of you know. I'm not sure if it works the same way in Australia as it as it does in America, but and maybe it does. But if a doctor writes a prescription, do they get a kickback? Uh, the the United States, you know, they're not getting kickbacks uh, per se, but clearly we know, and there's multiple studies of this, and it's written all over the medical literature, that doctors can be easily bought. They can be bought with something as, as cheap as a throwaway pen, uh, let alone fancy meals, bottles of wine, golf outings, uh, you know, trips uh, you know, around the world. There's a lot, a lot of things. Uh, there's even There are kickbacks in the device industry, so people that get pacemakers, uh, uh, implantable defibrillators, there is issues there also. Uh, and I think um, it's just that's just common business practice. It's common in any business to buy someone else's, um, uh, uh, you know, business from from uh, from gifts, and it's a, clearly a problem in the medical industry. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a funny one because you know definitely we see in Australia that we've got all this uh, legislation that's supposed to improve ethics, but of course um, there's there's big massive companies that can kind of drive health motivation, I suppose, or disease motivation. Just for the listeners out there, because there's a lot of them listening, and a lot of people will be forwarding this on to their friends who have had heart disease or have got a stent, and I'm thinking of a couple of my mates who have got stents, and then I'm thinking of a mate of mine who actually, you know, had a heart attack, a uh, young guy, ended up going into a coma, uh, woke up with a, with a defibrillator, and he's got this thing stuck under his arm. You know, quite often we don't know that we've got heart disease, um, and 
the more you hear about the cholesterol myth and the cholesterol deception, um, you, you, you tend to wonder whether or not it's actually worth getting your cholesterol checked. What are the sorts of things that people should do to find out whether or not they've got heart disease or if they're at risk of heart disease? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things in my book, and I don't mean to keep mentioning my book because I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, plug my book, so please buy my book. Uh, no, in reality, because you know, I do have a chapter in there called Top 20 uh, Cardiovascular Tests, uh, and in there I talk about that um, uh, it's not the cholesterol we want the information on. We want to know about the LDL particle numbers, particle sizes, because that gives us information. We can do testing to determine damaged LDL particles, which can be a problem. Uh, and LDLs are the, the carrier of cholesterol around the body because cholesterol is so important. That's chapter one of my book, Cholesterol is King. But in chapter two, we talk about the importance of LDLs. They serve a purpose. Every animal species has LDL, has HDL. These all have a reason, and we need to understand that. But uh, more importantly, I think, are the markers of inflammation. Is the body on fire? Is the body irritated? And if we identify that the body is irritated, then the person is not only at increased risk for cardiovascular disease, they're at increased risk for brain diseases, cancer, uh, you name it. Everything is higher when the body is irritated and inflamed. So once you identify that there's inflammation, well, you need to start doing the things to decrease the inflammation. And the answer, of course, is not pharmaceuticals. Uh, the answer is to get rid of the cause of the inflammation, which is poor nutrition and the chemical toxins that are so readily found in our environment. Uh, and there are evidence-based supplements that lower inflammation, and we talk about those also. It was interesting, actually, yesterday um, in listening to um, Dan Murphy, and he was talking about uh, inflammation that was caused by subluxation. So, and of course, when inflammation's been there for long enough, it becomes systemic. It's no longer just a localised inflammation. So maybe, maybe we'll see as well as the research starts to unfold around chiropractic and the effect of chiropractic and the adjustment on inflammation, particularly, specifically to the spine, that that could also be beneficial. Now, when you talk about winding back or downgrading or downregulating inflammatory cytokines and inflammation, you know, all that sort of thing, there's a few things that come to mind and um, of, of course fish oil is one of those things. Uh, people talk about it all the time but you can go to a pharmacy and buy 10,000 capsules for $2 it feels like you know um, but then you can go and spend 60 or $70 on a, on a 200 ml bottle of a concentrated standardised liquid extract of DHA. Um, is there a big difference between the supplements that you might get? Oh, certainly. When it comes to you know uh, supplements, you got to make sure you take quality products. There's a lot of quality products out there, uh, just like there's a lot of different nice cars you can drive out there. Uh, but there's also cars you can uh, buy that don't get the job done and actually cost you more in repairs. And I think that's what inferior uh, products will do. Is certainly including inferior fish oils. Uh, the way it's processed, the chemicals used for processing a fish oil in general, is it in the ethyl ester form, uh, which would be unnatural, uh, or is it in the triglyceride form, which would be the same as when you're biting a piece of fish? Uh, I think it, there, there's definitely, you know, quality out there. I do agree with the DHA, certainly when it comes for brain, when it comes for heart function, uh, DHA would be uh, uh, my, uh, you know, choice, you know, over there. Uh, there is testing you can do to test cellular levels of omega-3. Uh, there's something called the omega-3 index, where you want your index above 8, and that's certainly what we aim for in our cardiology patients. And as the aforementioned Dan Murphy, you know, recommends going in much, much higher doses uh, for people with, with heavy inflammation, uh, autoimmune disorders, uh, certainly attacking it from that standpoint is beneficial. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. So you've got to go out there and you've got to find some good stuff. And most probably, in order to get the good stuff in Australia, you're going to need to go see a practitioner because you don't find much good stuff out there in the, in the shops. Um, turmeric's another big one, isn't it? 
we're seeing a lot of turmeric and a lot of greens. People are moving towards greens and spirulina and chlorella and all those sorts of things. How do you find those? Uh, I find, you know, and uh, once again, I talk about them in my chapter, Top 20. Uh, the first thing we would talk about, I start off every day with, with greens. Uh, I combine a, an organic greens product along with chlorella spirulina. That's how I start off every single day. And just tons of evidence on chlorella as far as detoxification. It's a great source of protein, great source of vitamins and minerals. Uh, spirulina, same thing. Chlorella is a detoxifier. It binds up the metals and impurities in the body. There's evidence of that. Uh, uh, the inflammation, uh, uh, spirulina has some good evidence there. Same thing with the greens powder. There's actually evidence-based medicine on uh, the greens uh, products and how they lower inflammation. So I use it on all my cardiology patients. Uh, great for a snack and great to sneak into people's uh, uh, diets. You can even add it to the pancake batter and the waffle batter. Uh, you can hide it in a lot of places. I reckon you've got heart disease, you don't want to be having pancakes and waffles, that's my feeling anyway. Tell me quickly about paleo. Um, we're, one of my great mates, uh, Brett Hill, uh, he's got a show called That Paleo Show and there's a guy who's championing paleo in Australia, Pete Evans, and he's a chef. And, uh, and we've done a lot of work around the whole paleo movement. Um, we've interviewed Mark Sisson and and, uh, and Lauren Cordain and, and all of those guys and, and they've given us lots of information. How strictly do you follow the paleo lifestyle? Well, we're pretty strict on paleo. The three things we always are, we're always organic, we're always gluten-free, and we're always soy-free. So occasionally we'll have organic sugar products. We may have dark chocolate. We may have even organic grass-fed ice cream from time to time. Life is to be enjoyed. And I think you know it's okay to veer off a little bit, but I think it always has to be organic. And our personal opinion is always gluten-free because gluten is so damaging to the body. We're anti-soy because of all the problems with soy. Uh, but clearly, I think it also depends on the, the severity of your disease. So if you do have autoimmune conditions, if you've got aggressive cardiovascular disease, I think, you know, clearly the best answer is to be 100% paleo. But listen, we all have bad days. You have a bad day, uh, wake up the next day and, and have a good day. And I think that's what most of the paleo people talk about. Even Lauren uh, Cordain, I think he has a cheat uh, day or a cheat meal in his uh, area. But I think it also has to be uh, qualified. So if you're going to eat junk food, just go to a natural uh, organic grocer uh, to get it. Yeah, I reckon that was Rob Wolf who has the cheat day because he gets into his NorCal beer and all that sort of thing. So he might be doing that. Maybe Lauren does as well. I can't remember if he does. Does he? Interesting. Anyway, we all seem to be relaxing a little bit, which is kind of nice because I think that stress is another massive driver. And we could go on for so much longer, Jack. But I just want to thank you so much for having a chat with me today and joining us on 100 Not Out. And I know that people are going to want to find out more information um, about you. So obviously they can come and buy the Paleo Cardiologist. Where else can they find information about you, Jack? So the Paleo Cardiologist is available on Amazon. It's other on other e-tailers around the world. Uh, we also, my wife and I, my wife's the chiropractor. She turned me all natural. That's at the doctorswolfson.com. And doctors is abbreviated DRS, the doctorswolfson.com. And we're all over social media at the doctorswolfson. There you go, everybody. Thanks, Dr. Jack. You've been amazing. It's been amazing to interview you, and you've got a wealth of knowledge. Um, it's a shame we've only got 20 minutes because we could have gone for a lot longer, I'm sure. But everybody, that brings us to the end of another episode of 100 Not Out. Obviously, it's Marcus's birthday, so send him a message when you get this. Say, happy birthday, Marcus. I don't think he's even 33 yet. He's still so young. Um, I don't know why he's fearful. He's not fearful of aging. He's doing a great job at aging. He's, he's just nailing it. But if you like this episode, make sure you go to Facebook. So that's facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. Also, visit us at thewellnesscouch.com. And of course, if you're coming along to the summit, we'll see you at the summit. And that's going to be an amazing event this year. It's August 15 and 16, 2015. So uh, looking forward to seeing you all there. But until next week, make sure that you make the rest of your life the best of your life. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.